welcome back, listeners. Uh, this is Casual Politics with your boy Amar. And here we have Anish with us. Welcome back, Anish. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Anish is back. And so, Anish, obviously, Tuesday, uh, something kind of big happened. Um, what happened, Anish? So, for the first time in history, um, a Kennedy lost a race in Massachusetts, a statewide race. Uh, out of the, I think, like 26 races that Kennedys have run statewide in Massachusetts from uh, JFK to um, Ted Kennedy to Joe Kennedy II. Uh, of course, Bobby Kennedy ran in New York, so he doesn't really count in this equation, although he did win all of his elections. Um, yeah, this is the first time that a Kennedy has ever lost a race in Massachusetts, and it is so incredible to believe that he lost one to is ed markey um he is a progressive champion in the senate he co-sponsored the green new deal um you know he's done he co-authored oh co-authored my bad my bad co-authored the green new deal um but yeah he's done amazing things in massachusetts uh in the senate for his state and yeah anish anish got to work for him so anish um i guess Dude, what, what did you do, man? Like, what did you do for the campaign? T- tell me more about what it felt like to be on Ed Markey's campaign. Well, I guess so. Let, let me just start with... Um, uh, first, let's start with, like, why we won. And I guess that'll be a good segue into what yeah, we yeah. did campaign. Of course, of course. So, um, I guess all the, all the hot takes you're going to read on Politico and things like that are about how, like... Um, oh man, like all these young people use memes and strategies like that to, to win this election. Like they made fan cams and like stuff like that. And like we did, but first of all, that's not why we won. I think that excited the campaign a lot and that maybe like educated kids around the country like me to even join the campaign. But, and I said this at a rally I got to speak at with um, Ed, Rokana and Cory Booker last week. Um, we did not... Um, we're not like what well, at the time what I said is we're not going to win this campaign because we made memes and fan cams. We're going to win this um, because Ed is fighting for the issues that us young people care about. Uh, and that's having a livable planet, um, having health care without having to go broke and uh, having a free and fair internet where we even get to talk about all of these things or to spread and share those memes and fan cams that we've been making for his campaign. Those things are rather kind of a vehicle to spread the message. The thing is, um, and a lot of, like, I don't know, like, I don't think the pundits ever get this right, but, like, it's it's not the fact that we made, like, for example, I made a video last week that went pretty viral uh, in a micro sense. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that was kind of like a Marvel-style trailer, uh, like an Avengers trailer for uh, one of our phone banking sessions for students for Marky called, like, Marky vs. Ed Game, you know? Because, like, that's what our whole campaign, like, is called online, like, the Marky verse. But it's, um, it's not that we made that, or that I made that video that, like, that changed the course of the election or anything like that. Rather, it's the fact that that video was used to promote the event. The fact that like everyone was like dropping the link to sign up to phone bank under that. It was the fact that literally the point of the video was to advertise a phone banking session. And we ended up getting thousands of volunteers on each of our, you know, in the last few days of the campaign, 
there was a day that we topped 200,000 calls made in a statewide election, you know? So I think that's the biggest thing to, um, to understand. So thoughts, any takeaways, anything you wanted to add real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, so I was, I was sort of looking from the outside, you know, Anish would share his, uh, his videos and stuff. And what I was seeing was, this is like a different type of campaign, you know, like this isn't your average, you know, camp because right, right. What do we think of when we, we think of campaigns, right? We think of just old, like, you know, white guys in suits, you know, being staffers or whatever. Yeah. And, the back door, like, or like the fundraisers, you know, just. Yeah, exactly. Rich people. Exactly. Exactly. Like the wine cave, like, you know, yeah, yeah. fundraisers and stuff. And, but this was different, you know, this was like, you know, people my age, you know, um, you know, making videos, but not only that, they were really just, you know, they're really trying to get the word across that this guy is a good guy, you know, this guy is, uh, is you know, this guy is something to, to pay attention to. And, you know, I mean, you know, this is obviously Massachusetts, you know, Massachusetts is pretty liberal, but look, if you take this sort of campaign style, right, if you extrapolate it across the whole country, like, that's a lot of stuff we can do, you know, as, you know, 18-year-olds, whatever. All right, this is where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. So okay. that's what a lot of people think, including um, some of the Markyverse, that you can kind of take this style of a campaign and uh, copy-paste it around the country. Mm-hmm. And so I think that might not be true for a few reasons. Like, for example, you take Alex Morse, who is running for Congress, also in Massachusetts, he was uh, a progressive candidate. He's running against uh, Richie Neal, who's like one of the biggest PAC money recipients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he might not have had the same Markyverse type campaign, but he was fighting on the same issues. It just happens to be that the people in that district didn't really care. Not every election can be mm-hmm. national, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the memes and the fan cams worked because every, well, all the young people at least knew who Ed Markey was and he has 50 years of a record to look at. If you're not like, if you're running for office, you don't have, uh, people can't kind of stand you in that same way. And by the way, I just want to say another thing about the campaign is the idea that like nobody should stand politicians. Nobody should idolize any of them or think of them as saviors or heroes rather. Um, and so uh, a lot of us on the campaign are, more than liberal a lot of people are progressive uh leftists and socialists and um i think and a lot of people don't even believe in electoralism it's just that with this race particularly it's that um ed markey is someone who although imperfect is actually fighting for those things that they care about more Mm -hmm. than that in the cases where it's like not ed markey where it's um uh uh Another progressive um, Democrat, for example, they can be bullied to the left. Whereas um, when it comes to say racial justice right now, um, you know, Trump is literally tear gassing his protesters. So I think that's a big distinction there. That, um, but yeah, so I don't think like this campaign strategy is copy pasteable, but I do think that the lesson that can be taken away by all those campaigns around the country and all those democratic consultants taking notes right now, all the ones in my DMs and all the ones in like, like the students for Marquee Kids, and I'm sure that all of them are getting hundreds of messages right now, um, is that like, you're not gonna get anywhere if you're just trying to copy and paste a campaign style if your candidate is shit. 
your candidate has to care about the young people and like be fighting for things that they care about or that affect them. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. That, no, I, I, yeah, you know, that, that does make a lot of sense. Cause look, like the reason why young people like don't vote and stuff, right. Or, or vote at lower levels is because they're not excited, bro. Like, just no, you know, I feel like, you know, that's why Bernie was so popular among young people, you know, because like, you know, people of our generation, people of our age, because he got them excited bro, about like, yeah, exactly. Life could it's look a like a good example, because like, um, the thing is, most people don't care about politics, you just care about what's going on in your everyday life, you know, mm-hmm. but the thing is, what happens when something that's going on in your everyday life is like, fuck, man, I got to get another job while I'm in school because I can't pay for my tuition or whatever. Bernie is actually fighting for that issue. He wants to make college tuition free and forgive student loans, you know? So then all of a sudden, oh, here's someone that's fighting for what I need, you know, mm-hmm. the thing that affects me. That's also what Ed Markey did on this campaign. And that's what drove so many of us to even support him to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I yeah, because, you know, I mean, like, again, that's the reason, you know, young people don't vote at higher levels. It's just because they're not generally excited. You know, obviously, Obama had, you know, a decent amount of support, you know, among our generation, you know, because he could excite, you know, our generation. But when we got to Clinton and, you know, we'll see with Biden. Um, but, you know, Clinton. Okay. And even in those cases, if you look, Biden can't excite because he's not supporting the things that young people care about or that affect them and yeah the health care with not supporting medicare for all which was a non-starter that comes to marijuana legalization where i mean that's something that affects young people and people of color specifically black people the mm-hmm. most predominantly and black and latino people as well but like um so if he's not supporting those things which affect young people the most whether it's like college tuition debt, unemployment, healthcare, and literally a planet to live on. That, that's the biggest thing where he's not gonna, again, see, you can't copy paste like digital organizing to Biden's campaign mm-hmm. when he's not fighting for those things, you know? That makes sense, yeah. Cause there's just, there's just not much like enthusiasm and energy there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, but yeah, let's get back to the, to the Massachusetts race. This Senate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, so one thing I, I was reading, I was reading, or I was looking into the political analysis, right, the electoral analysis, and it was really interesting. But no, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, Ed Markey is also, he happens to also be from a working class family, you know, he is a son of a milkman, he was an ice cream truck driver, um, graduated from law school, ran for office to make a difference. Uh, whereas Kennedy was born into a $40 million trust fund, mm-hmm. the greatest political dynasty in American history. Mm-hmm. So I think that speaks more to what the campaigns actually stood for. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of free balling it here. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. And so, you know, I, I think throughout this campaign, right. Um, we were kind of struggling as to why, why Kennedy was running in the first place. We still are. <laughs> yeah, we still don't know why. Um, any thoughts, man? Okay. Why, why did he even do this? You know, I mean, 
yeah, why? Just <laughs> so what's actually funny is that one of the um, funniest um, accounts on the Markyverse was one called Why Is Joe Running? Uh, <laughs> and um, that account had some very good tweets. Um, but it actually, uh, <sighs> Joe Kennedy never gave a good reason for why he was running other than the reason that he didn't give, which was, uh, this is my turn in the family to take it and I want to be president in 2024. Mm -hmm. uh, and despite the so many problems with even that much, I don't understand how trying to oust the biggest progressive champion in the Senate um, is a good pathway to running for president in the era of young progressive people, where not only just the Bernie Sanders movement has happened, but also ever since Bernie dropped out of the presidential race, Black Lives Matter has become a nationwide um, movement um, with more support than ever. Um, the pandemic has shown so many people that like radical change might be necessary. And, uh, and, you know, like the idea of things like dynasty and like wealth and power and last name being your way into something is, is not gonna work. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I really just think that like, he wanted to be president. He wanted to be senator because it was his turn. Maybe there was a lot of family pressure that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, you know, honestly, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point, I think the, the Kennedy dynasty is kind of done for, not going to lie. To quote Taylor Swift, there goes the last great American dynasty. <laughs> but can, let's just take a moment to step back and think. Like when you learn about like the Kennedys in your first grade history class, or when you learn about like Camelot growing up, or when you watch these movies that literally talk about like Kennedy and the Kennedys, when you watch Jackie, like that movie from, from 2016 with Natalie Portman, or you mm -hmm. watch like even X-Men had JFK in it, so <laughs> any of these, like never could you think, and it still feels weird for me to think now that a bunch of teenagers took down the Kennedy dynasty, you know? Yeah, that's essentially what y'all did. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, of course, there is still Kennedys in politics, you know, there's JFK's grandson, but who's, uh, we, we like him a little bit, uh, Jack Schlossberg, Schlossberg, whatever, Caroline Kennedy's son. And then, uh, you know, uh, there's a cousin of his running in um, New Jersey. Yeah. So she's, her, so she's Amy Kennedy. She was, um, she was married to Patrick Kennedy, I believe. Who is someone's grandson, one of their grandkids. Yeah, yeah. And so she's running against Jeff Van Drew. Um, the Democrat who switched uh, parties. Um, but I mean, you know, even if she becomes into office, I don't really think like she's going to be, you know, she's not like, this is a very different Kennedy, you know, than what we've seen before. Yeah. If that makes sense. Okay. Well, I'm, I don't know anything about her, so I'm not going to speculate either. Okay. Okay. Um, but I do just want to say um, what Kennedy did in running for Senate besides ending his career which he's essentially done you know um like there like if amy kennedy wins there will be one but right now there's essentially going to be no kennedys in congress um i don't know if there was overlap between him and his dad or or his dad and ted kennedy yeah there, i think there was overlap with 
that. But like, there's not going to be Kennedys in Congress for maybe the first time in 50 years, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, but what he did in that is also opened up this jungle primary for his Massachusetts um, mm-hmm. congressional seat, MA04, which um, was a fucking crazy race. There was all these candidates. The one that everyone was uh, supporting, or at least on the progressive side and on the left, uh, was Jesse Murmel. Um, who even had the support of like Ayanna Presley and people like that. But now what you have is because uh, Kennedy gave up that seat and because we don't have ranked choice voting, the vote was split between the progressive candidates, like including like Eastland mm-hmm. and things like that. So that now um, the possible winner of that primary with like 20 something percent of the vote uh, is Jake Ochenklose, I think. I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, so he's a he worked for a Republican in 2014 was the last time I believe. Charlie Baker, I believe, is who we worked for. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so and you want to know a fun fact about him? I don't think uh, I told you guys this. He is technically a Kennedy. <laughs> really? Wait, what? He's related to um, Jackie Kennedy Onassis. Yeah. So wait, who? What is? Okay, so it says that Hugh Auchincloss um which i think might be his dad or grandpa or someone is uh the husband okay lawyer who became the second husband of nina gore mother of gore vidal and also the second husband of janet lee bovier the mother of first lady jackie kennedy onassis wife of president john f kennedy and caroline lee bovier so wow um yeah i i guess he's he's also related to the kennedy family which, and let me just say, there's so much class solidarity in the idea of dynasties. We've talked about this before, like between us personally, like just the fact that Joe Kennedy, his uncle, like my uncles include like, like two people that just happen to be related to my parents, you know? And like <laughs> one of them works in tech here, another one like works um, in like Texas where he lives with my aunt, uh, like, my, uh, like a couple of my uncles live in India, you know? Okay, for Joe Kennedy III, one of his uncles, technically, by marriage, is Arnold Schwarzenegger, the former governor of California. Like, again, one of the biggest and most powerful states in the country. And yeah. another one of his uncles, by marriage, is Governor Andrew Cuomo, the current governor of another one of the most powerful nice. states <laughs> in America. So yeah. I just want to, like, there truly is a class solidarity in the fact that, like, Schwarzenegger, Cuomo, the Kennedys, but even just like Chris Pratt, the actor, is married to Catherine Schwarzenegger, who's Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. And then he, Arnold Schwarzenegger was married to uh, Mariah, Maria Shriver, who is a Kennedy. Um, and then uh, you don't stop. nephew would be J.K. <laughs> whose aunt is Carrie Kennedy, who was married to Cuomo. Like, I mean, this is just fucking crazy, you know? That's insane. That's uh, actually yeah and like this type of class solidarity where everyone in power is literally related to each other is not the type of thing that that can coexist with change you know what i mean one thing that ed said is that uh like trust the young people like they like they will like i forgot what his exact words were but like he basically said that we need to trust them um and he's right, I think, because we're the ones most worried about our lives and our future. Mm-hmm. And um, change has always come from radical revolution from the young people. 
know what I mean? When it comes to civil rights, when it comes to the, like, women's suffrage, when it comes to um, Black Lives Matter, um, and all of these, it's, and the climate movement with Sunrise movement, mm-hmm. like that. It's all, it always just comes to the young people demanding change, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I think that, oh, one big thing is that Nancy Pelosi endorsed Joe Kennedy. Ah, yes! And Joe Kennedy III, uh, so yeah, he was endorsed by Nancy Pelosi, among other establishment Democrats and Republicans like Bill Weld, former governor of Massachusetts. Um, on the other hand, Ed Markey was um, uh, supported by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Elizabeth Warren, and Ro Khanna, three of the most, most notable progressive names in the country, among like Cory Booker, Jay Inslee, Tom Steyer, uh, so climate champions and progressives, and there's a little bit of neolibs, but that's fine. Um, but like, so this was really like, as a lot of pundits will say, like a test to see like, okay, like AOC or Nancy Pelosi, like who wins, you know? And um, I think it's funny that like, well, one big thing is that the Democratic Party typically shuts out primary challengers. They mm-hmm. had a like, motion a couple years ago to blacklist any organization that supported primary mm-hmm. challengers. I just want to say, my congressman and yours are two of the most notable members of Congress, and both of them are only in office because they challenged incumbent Democrats. That is true. That is very true. For me, that's Eric Swalwell, who cha- challenged Pete Stark. For you, that's Ro Khanna, who challenged Mike Honda. Mm-hmm. So neither of them would be in office without having challenged primary or their incumbents in primary. Dude, like, I think, I think you know, I mean, you don't have to look much farther than Ro Khanna. Like, look what he's done in, what, four years of office now? Something like that? Six years? Whatever. Four, yeah. He's done a lot. Yeah, and, like, and on that note, that being said, the fact that super against these primary challenges, except when it comes to the progressive <laughs> wanting change, you know, you know what I mean? Like establishment Democrats bankrolled the primary opponents against AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and Ed Markey. But it's just not okay when it's Joe Crowley and Mike Capuano. Um, who else is being challenged? I don't know. Richie Neal, etc. So, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think this goes to show that it never really was about, like, oh, protecting, like, who's there, but rather just about, like, protecting the establishment and centrist ideology. But, yeah, anyways, so that's, um, that's we made history on Tuesday, you know? Like, um, we really this might be the end of the Kennedy dynasty and this might be a wake up call to Democrats and politicians around the country to fight for what the young people support, you know? Mm-hmm. No, this is facts though. And you know, Ed is a great guy, you know, I wasn't, I, so I was not always on the Ed side and my boy Anish here was like, Amar, you got to check out this guy, Ed. It's kind of cool. And yeah, dude, like, like, I, like obviously, you know, I am not the most progressive guy out there. Like yeah. I am, I'm further right than Anish is, but that just sounds really weird. So we're going to say center. <laughs> that just sounds really bad. Um, I'm more center, but no, I, I totally appreciate and you know what Ed Markey has done for not only this country, but for Massachusetts, but even for the freaking world at this point. Yeah, dude. yeah. He is the author of 
net neutrality. Exactly. Green New Deal, he's the reason we have closed captioning. He's fought for people with disabilities, for Alzheimer's research more than anyone else in Congress, co-sponsor of uh, Medicare for All, like mm -hmm. fighting like for racial justice with Cory Booker and Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders, well, with Cory Booker and with Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders, fighting for $2,000 a month for every man, woman, exactly. and child in the country and non-binary person. And See, look, that's the, that's the beauty about people like this, is that you don't necessarily have to be, you know, someone, like, that's super progressive to love them. Because, dude, like, those things, I some of them... No matter who you are. Yeah, exactly. Some of those things, like, those are super important. Closed captioning, dude. Like, you know, um, you know, stuff with the American Disabilities Act, you know, helping people out with disabilities. Like, that's stuff, like, you can get behind no matter where you are, um, you know, on the aisle. And that's, that's really what's wonderful, is that, you know, people like him, they also, they, you know, they go for their progressive policies, but they also get, you know, the basic sort of bread and butter stuff done. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Ed Markey, great guy. Congrats, buddy. On Congrats, Anish. Congrats, Ed Markey, on winning your race. Um, All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. See you later.